Hey everyone, welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast presented to you by Cape and Cal Comics. I'm your host today, Rainier, and I am joined by the man, Henry Liu. Hello. Happy Monday, how's it going? Pretty good. And it is a pretty happy Monday because, you know, Sunday, this time of year, is, is Game of Thrones night. Yeah, we had right? a big episode this week. Big. Huge. Epic. Yeah. And so, geez, before we dive into that, I, I still wanted to mention that we're still we're still riding the high of Comic-Con, man. Yeah. Uh, the, the post-Comic-Con blues is, is has, has set in, Definitely. has come and gone, and uh, the, the high is still there. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've been um, keeping tabs on is the Comic-Con talkback for 2017. Oh, yeah. So every year um, on Sunday the president of Comic-Con comes out and does an open Q&A forum where attendees can come in, ask questions, comments, complaints. And so I've been listening to that uh, two-and-a-half-hour uh, audio feed that I found on Twitter. I should really call out the guy that recorded it. It's like Englishman or something like that, but he recorded yeah. the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, this is my first time paying attention to it. Uh, I've never paid attention to it in, in previous years, mm -hmm. but it sounds like the same comments, the same complaints are, are coming back year after year. Yeah. Uh, and it mainly revolves around ADA, line management, and Hall H. Those are the big ones. Yeah. Hall H was a big one. Almost, I, I want to say like every other comment or question was Hall H related somehow. Yeah. And it, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any resolution where we can make everybody happy that's never going to happen one of the comments yeah. that was interesting is that the way they set up logistics for the next year it's never able to keep up with the hordes of people that show up more and more every year so they're always behind on what they feel like they're planning ahead for right, right. so yeah. it's it's just going to get crazier and crazier it just seems like in my opinion i think henry might agree with this is that it's it's going to you know, to really make it fair for everybody, it's it's going to have to be a lottery somewhere down the road. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't seem like Comic Con is down with that. In fact, that was brought up in the talkback. Yeah. And while it did get a big applause, it was immediately followed up by a big boo yeah. booing oh, session. Oh, the room the room was split on that. On the, the room on was the it was completely split. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's you know, it is it's divisive. You know, I think. Man, it, the, the crowds at San Diego Comic-Con now are such that I think you have to do lotteries for a lot of stuff. You know, and when, when I say lottery, like like online lotteries, you know, like the in-person lotteries are, are th those can be pretty tedious too. You know, if you're standing in line for a long time and you're doing like a ticket draw or a bead draw or whatever, you could still get shut out and it's really frustrating an online lottery is nice because it's usually quicker right you can find out if you're in or not um you know at the comfort of your own home doing other stuff whatever um that might be the way to go I, and I, and it was brought up in that in that talk back panel and you know i think they they could do well by you know implementing that for a lot of things yeah i feel like it'll help filter out a lot of complaints, a lot of wasted time. Um, they could reallocate their security to, to better places that are needed, i.e. line management. Yeah. And it could also help reduce a lot of lines, which may be helpful. 
Mm-hmm. Who knows? We're, we don't work there. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is just our opinion, so. Yeah. Although, you know, along those lines, that particular panel was filled with attendees like us who just had opinions, and a lot of them were really valid, you know? And, and the guy who was, who was leading it, who was taking notes and stuff, he, he valued uh, everything he heard, you know? Mm-hmm. And I could see him actually going to Comic-Con International and actually making some of this stuff happen. So fingers crossed. Hopefully it gets better. Hopefully. I don't know. But I still manage to have fun regardless. <laughs> yeah, same here. And um, yeah, it's we've talked about this before, but Comic-Con, pretty much always you're going to walk away having some fun, but there's always a mix, right? There's always there's ups and downs, and it's, it's a wild ride. You know, it really is. Yeah. If you're good at filtering out the negative and you're good about finding <laughs> your own fun, you'll have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing that I don't think we brought up last time was that, you know, when you do get shut out of stuff, it kind of, it sometimes for me brings up other opportunities. Like, yeah, yeah. oh man, I didn't get this signing or I didn't get to in, into this panel. You end up doing something else. And a lot of times that backup plan can be as awesome or awesomer than your first choice, you know? Like yeah. cool surprises like that can happen. If a door closes, right? That door right. opens. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> definitely. Oh, one other note. I wanted to mention this. So I gushed a lot. We both gushed a lot about Frank Miller last episode. And I just made a comment. I wanted to, to, to comment on this comment. And, you know, I was talking about how he's such a legendary creator and he looks cool and everything. And I'm, I said, it's like, oh, he, you know, he's an older guy. I think he's in his 70s. You know, I did a little fact-checking, and he is exactly 60 years old. (laughs) (laughs) So apologies to Frank Miller. I totally fucked that up. Um, But, yeah, much respect. You know, he's he's not that old. And um, my point was that, like, oh, he's an an older guy, um, and he still looks super cool, and he's super nice and everything. Um, So, yeah, he is older, but just not quite that old i think what <laughs> so, it is yeah. is because his work has been around for so long yeah. and he he never shows up to conventions yeah. and so just it's like the wise old sage decides to come out of hiding and meet the fans and so maybe our perception of his age seemed like it was older than it actually yeah. was and he's not really that old yeah oh no yeah i think a couple factors like one is exactly what you mentioned he He's been around forever. You know, he's got this tremendous body of work. But the other thing is, I think, well, obviously, just do the math. He started out really young. You know, he started very young, and he just, you know, like we've been saying, he's been around a long time, and he's he's a legend, man. So just wanted to get that out there. Good fact-checking there, Henry. Word. So speaking of conventions, we've got uh, some upcoming ones that it sounds like Henry and I may be attending. Uh, let's yeah. see, there's the San Francisco Comic Con, which is coming up in August. Uh, oh, or sorry, September. Um, September. September. Um, Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. The same weekend is the SAC Anime Convention. This is more voice talent focused, but Hodor and Podrick from Game of Thrones is going to be there. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Heroes and Villains that's happening in December, um, which has got a great lineup of celebrity guests. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you weren't able to make it out to San Diego Comic Con, there are, you know, good 
number of local cons you can go to. So. I'm excited for Heads San Francisco up. Comic Con. Last year they had it at uh, last year was their inaugural convention. They had it at a hotel, which was difficult. It spanned several floors, so it was really difficult to find um, things that you were looking for. Mm-hmm. This year they're going to have it at the Moscone Center, so you know it, it feels like WonderCon is coming back. Yeah, yeah. I, from what I've heard, they're really this con is going to be a lot bigger this year than last year. It's got a good amount of buzz. Yeah. yeah it yeah. is weird hearing people say, oh, are you going to go to Comic-Con? When they're referring to San Francisco Comic-Con, I'm like, wait, that's not Comic-Con. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's San Francisco Comic-Con. Let's, <laughs> let's, get, let's set the record straight. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, the, the tricky part is both of these conventions you just mentioned, SAC Anime and the San Francisco Comic-Con, they both happen the same weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both on Labor Day weekend. And I myself am kind of leaning more toward San Francisco, but like, what about you? You, you kind of wanted to do both, right? I'm kind of split in the middle. I mean, this is going to be one of these conventions that we're going to go to. We're going to bring our family, so we're going to have the kids mm-hmm. enjoy it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about the lineup they have at SAC Anime. Um, I'm a big Teen Titans fan. Uh, some of the voice actors from that show is going to be there. I know my kids are going to really enjoy that. Um, but San Francisco, it's a little more local. Uh, they've got a pretty yeah. big celebrity guest list. Mm-hmm. Which seems to be growing. So by the time the convention comes around, there might be even more yeah, yeah yep i think we're leaning a little more towards san francisco because it's it's more local although we yeah. are toying with the idea of uh let's go to sacramento one day and then we'll go to Sac- san francisco the next there you go uh it's not too hard of a stretch to to make that happen and it is a long weekend so yeah there so we'll see maybe we'll just flip a coin and see which one we end up going to <laughs> sounds good <laughs> All right, man. Are we going to talk about the big one, Game of Thrones? Let's do it. I think we've teased long enough. What a crazy episode that was last (laughs) night. So spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, watch it now. Yeah. Yeah. Today is Monday, August 7th. And this episode literally aired last night. So there might be, you know, a good amount of people who haven't seen it yet. And I would recommend... (laughs) watching this episode it was amazing i mean i we were talking a little bit earlier but i think this episode may have been the best episode of game of thrones to date it was, it was that good yeah was i agree by the way uh it was brought to our attention that this episode had actually leaked a week earlier oh yeah well so, i mean like a day earlier i think it i think it, i think it might have been available as of like last week oh really i do remember hearing about it on the radio wow and my immediate thought was like if it's gonna come out in a week why not watch it in high definition glory and not watch uh, you know not watch a grainy standard version yeah hold off yeah and and this is the episode to watch in in full glory because yeah. there's just the amazing things that happened in this episode mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. The big buzzworthy stuff is the the battle at the end, right? I the think ba- the, oh man, it was like movie quality. Yeah. Oh, it really was. Yeah, you know, yeah. it kind of it kind of felt like the battles in in Braveheart, right? Like that caliber of action and realism, you Yeah, know? yeah, I could have done another hour worth of that. Like it felt like it went by so quick even though it was a longer than usual episode. It was 57 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of great things. Maybe if we rewind a bit, there's a lot of homecomings that are happening. Yes. Yeah, that almost got lost in the mix, you know, with that battle being so mind-blowing. The 
the reunion of Arya and Sansa was huge, very emotional, you know? That was a big deal. Yeah, the last time yeah. they saw each other, they were kids. Yep. And then Arya reunited with Bran as well, you know? Yeah. And that was a little strange because, I mean, Bran is kind of, he's kind of a head case nowadays, right? He's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no emotion coming from him because his head is in a different place. Yeah. Which seemed really cold. I mean, of course... I mean, it goes with the whole winter is here theme, right? Yeah. Um, but his, there was no warm reaction with Bran. San, it was all it was all on Sansa's end. It was all on Arya's end that they were happy to see Bran, but Bran was just like, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, there, be, there have been some comparisons of him and Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. Oh, that's you know? a good one. That's pretty yeah. valid, right? Because both of them are like completely detached from humanity. Because right? they because they, they see that the end is nigh. Yes, indeed. And so what's the point of holding on to these relationships in life, yeah. right? <laughs> and both of them are just, they're kind of annoying, you know? <laughs> like, like Bran doesn't like to have people refer to him as Bran anymore. Like, he's the three-eyed raven. Like, pretty annoying. He doesn't right? go by that name. Come on, dude. Yeah. yeah. And uh, all the while, uh, the, the last remaining girl that was with him that helped him escape numerous attempts on his life to get him to where he is in Winterfell. Mm -hmm. As she's leaving, he's just like, peace out. And uh, she explains like, that's all you're going to say to me? Yeah. After all that we've gone through, all the times we've saved your life? Yeah. Yeah, that was cold, man. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, dude, they had (laughs) this epic journey and she saved his ass like how many times? Like, come on, dude. That's not cool. Not cool, man. Show a little pre- appreciation, Brand. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of Arya, there's an amazing scene with her and Brienne. Oh, man. You know? the, the build up to that? Yeah. When it's Podrick and Brienne fighting and you see Arya, you can see that she's, like, picking out every detail as to what Podrick is doing wrong. And you can yeah. see that she's analyzing Brienne. Mm-hmm. And you just know that they're going to, they're gonna, you know, they're going to meet. They're going to fight. Yeah. Where they're going to train. And, man, what a great strength versus, what is it, strength versus speed, right? That's yeah, essentially. essentially what it was. And, well, not only that, but I think Arya has demonstrated that she is has incredible technique now. You know, she has this skill to her, which is, like, unmatched, really. You know, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she's become a real force, a real warrior. And and all the while, Sansa is uh, up on the second floor just watching in observance. Yeah. Uh, Her you know. and Littlefinger, too. Yeah. Yeah, they're checking it out. Hey, their, their reaction was interesting. Littlefinger was kind of like, you couldn't believe what he was seeing. Same with Sansa, but she kind of walked away. There's almost a little disappointment in her eyes, you know, like as if her, her, her little sister has become this, like, killer you know yeah you know know? there was um i saw that i also saw uh it was also maybe just she was maybe stumped like who is this person yeah yeah um but i but back to what you were saying i was i was thinking that seems like the same reaction that rick had when he realized carl was dead inside (laughs) and was a cold-blooded killer Oh, yeah. Wait, so is there a specific scene where you're referring to from Walking Dead? Yeah, I remember that one scene where, oh, man, I forgot how many seasons back it was. Uh, but Carl shoots another kid, like, in cold blood that's running away. And Rick sees – oh, I can't remember if it was Rick or someone else sees it. It might have been mm-hmm. – oh, geez, it might have been Carol. 
I can't remember. It's so far okay. back. But uh, I remember one of one of Rick's biggest dilemmas was that Carl is not the same kid that you know he he fathered. Oh, right. That he was yeah. soulless and willing to pull the trigger at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. regardless of any moral, you know, throwing the moral compass out. Yeah. And it's like he's just dead inside. Yeah. You know, that speaks to, like, what that show, what Walking Dead is all about, really. You know, it's about these people who are doing what they need to survive. But, you know, at what cost, you know, do they lose their humanity? And if you lose your humanity and surviving, are you really living? You know, um, those are the questions that come up. And really, th- that really sums up why Walking Dead is, is a great show. And going back to Game of Thrones, you know, I thought this past episode really demonstrated why Game of Thrones is such a great show. So let, let's talk about this epic battle at the end. You know... Ooh, we're going to dive right into that? There's still so much more we need to talk about. <laughs> okay, you know, go, yeah, well, you had some more stuff before we want to dive in there. <laughs> There's the uh, continuation of um, of Jon Snow and Daenerys's, oh, yeah. uh, you know, interaction in the yeah. caves as they're mining the dragon glass. Mm-hmm. There's this, um, there's this, uh, there's this awkward attraction between the yeah. two of them oh there's definitely there was definitely some flirting going on in those caves they're in a confined space it's dimly lit and they're mm-hmm. both looking at each other in the eyes yeah they were checking each other out they got pretty close to each other at a couple moments you know <laughs> but the important piece here though is that they're looking at these cave drawings that are depicting the uh, uh, a fight between um people that have banded together to fight white walkers basically yeah. exactly what john snow was telling daenerys mm-hmm. and she was looking at him like he was crazy like what are these white walkers yeah and essentially it it was the argument that kind of swayed her you know so look look at history there's a history of this and the the way that humanity survived was by coming together and mm-hmm. we need to do the same yep and she started to buy it you know although she was still pretty stubborn in that she wanted him to to, to bend the bend knee. Bend the knee. That's going to be on every T-shirt at Comic Con <laughs> next year. I guarantee it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was convinced that she was like, "We will support you. We will fight with you." Bend the knee. <laughs> yeah, and it seems kind it's like of like the petty. fine print. The fine print. Yeah. Right? It does seem kind of petty, but you know, it's kind of petty on both sides. You know, like all she wants him to do is bend a knee, and if if just kneeling to her means saving the world essentially like just do it dude at the same time though like how can she be so petty to like demand that you know like why don't if if we're going to come together and save humanity who cares about all this formality right just do it just do it but he doesn't he still doesn't give in he holds on to his pride and his his uh yeah his beliefs there's stubbornness on both sides which is pretty interesting so yeah. And so as they're walking out of this cave, Daenerys is talking to uh, uh, Tyrion about how every strategic decision he's been advising her on has been going wrong. Yeah. So this is this is one of the first times we see uh, Tyrion called out for making mistakes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and you know, it seems like Tyrion is is uh, he's he's super intelligent. But maybe more intelligent on um, as like a politician, maybe not so much as like a strategist, a military strategist. Um, you know, 
because like you're saying he's 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 making a lot of wrong moves here yeah yeah, yeah. he got called out on it and Daenerys can't help but think that you know where does his allegiance lie is it still with me or is it with his family yeah yep yeah and then she goes to Jon Snow she's almost like she's almost like fed up with Tyrion's like I don't want to hear what you have to say anymore how about you you know I like how Jon's immediate response was I I would not assume to be able to provide you with advice but she cuts him off right there and then and is like no tell me what you would do right and it makes sense like if they're gonna unite like he can't be this silent partner like tell me you know if we're gonna do this like let's talk you know tell me what you think and Tyrion's original response was was well Daenerys was like I'm gonna take my dragons out and we're just gonna show our presence and we're gonna Mm -hmm. you know we're gonna put our foot down and we're gonna say hey don't fuck with us yep and Tyrion advised against it and Jon Snow advised against it yes yes so like that's kind of like how that scene ended right so it really seemed like okay we're gonna hold back you know reshuffle the cards yep so that's what it it seemed like <laughs> right right uh, that's not quite what happened no no so <laughs> man okay so we're gonna we're gonna go into this epic battle that happens yep um and man i have to say the way they started this uh, they show they show jamie lannister and um is it braun braun yeah they're you know they're you know they've just finished raiding uh, the Tyrells castle. Mm-hmm. Yep, High Garden. High Garden. Yep. And you know they're um, they're distributing the gold. Yep. And they're in the good treasures spirits. that they've they're, taken. They're yeah. joking around a bit. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. Laughs. In fact, all the soldiers. It looks like they're all just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Because it's like you know after the game, have a couple beers, have some wine. <laughs> yep. Let's yep. celebrate. They're victorious. They're enjoying the spoils of their victory. All that. And then in comes this rumble yeah. from a distance mm-hmm. and it's Braun that points it out yeah and his intuition his instincts kick in and this rumble grows louder and louder mm-hmm. and louder and <laughs> so initially like I got the sense like oh shit like shit is going down now but I kept listening for like wings flapping or some dragon roars I didn't hear that it was more like it was more like uh, horses, Hor- like, yeah. like thundering of, of horses galloping, you know, and some shrieking too. So I'm like, ay, 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 kind of thing, right? Like you knew something big was coming. You knew it, something big was coming, but, but even like, before the shrieking, though. Okay, so the things yeah. that ran in my head was like, okay, what is that big that can come this way on land? Mm-hmm. And actually, my initial thought were White Walkers. Oh, oh, that crossed my mind too. I, I thought, oh shit! But then they're 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 so. F- far from the north uh, didn't seem quite right and again i kept listening for dragons and i didn't hear dragons no dragons you know? yeah so it's like okay it's not dragons what is it you know yeah. what, what, what could this be but as you hear that battle cry that's the indicator right that's the indicator yeah. that it's it's uh the what are they called the, the dothraki, the dothraki. <laughs> yeah yeah dude and that was a pretty awesome reveal where you see these just hordes of barbarians you know like streaking down the hillside on on their on horseback, and, and this is our first you know, time seeing the Dothraki fighting in battle. Legendary and, man, warriors. did they do an awesome job? They did these great like stunts where some of them hopped on two feet on their horses as they were attacking, yep. shooting arrows. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a great shot where, 
this is a little going down a f- little further on, but Braun faces off with one of the Dothraki. They're both on horseback, and they're kind of doing like a like a jousting thing. And the Dothraki guy goes down low, you know, he ducks down low and he takes out Braun's horse's uh, legs, yeah, like chops off a leg or something. Like fucking dope, man. Yeah, yeah, these guys are horse experts. Yeah, and yeah, like okay, there's so much, there's so much payoff with this scene because. We've heard so much about the the these Dothraki warriors, you know, legendary warriors, and you know, other than you know some stuff with Khal Drogo, like season one, we haven't seen a whole lot of these guys in action. You know? Yeah, and you really got to see them here. And 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 most of the times too, that when you see them in big groups, a lot of them kind of look like they're in despair and kind of lost. Yeah. Right. But here we're seeing them in full full force action. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, earlier when, um, this is, I want to say a couple of seasons ago, Daenerys had to, she was kind of put through the mill and she was treated very poorly by these guys and she kind of won them over by showing like how, how much of a badass she is. Um, but I got the sense that these guys were, I wasn't very impressed. Like they were cracking jokes and they were just kind of a-holes, you know? They were like wildlings of the South. Yeah, kind of like that. And you know you had heard so much about their their fighting prowess. I wasn't that impressed, but yeah, here we finally get to see him in action, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah, finally showcased. Yeah. And then to uh, put some icing on the cake, from a distance here we see a huge dragon flying over the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, it's totally. It came out of nowhere, man. Because like I was saying, you know, you don't hear a dragon's flame breath or, or wings flapping you just hear these this dothraki horde coming right and the reveal of the dragon is awesome too because it's basically from the point of view of the lannister soldiers right yeah and they've never seen anything like oh they're this stunned yeah, yeah they're there they stop in their and, tracks they can't believe it and their reaction is our reaction it's like holy shit you know it's going down <laughs> it's going down Dude, seeing that dragon <laughs> flying though it's like it's like seeing a fighter jet you know, fly into a fight where people just have like bats and yeah, rocks, right? Like a, a, med- a medi- medieval battle where, like, you know, yeah, like like a jet plane with, with missiles <laughs> shows up, you know, and that's like when when that initial like flame breath. That's kind of the the lopsidedness you saw. You you see like a tons of oh, yeah. soldiers get torched and you're thinking like oh dude this is like this is no contest yeah man. so before drogon it's drogon right that she's writing i believe i believe so uh that it's it's you see the you see you know you see the the uh i can't want to say the lannister army they see the lannister army yeah. they're all lined up and they're all prepared and in comes this dragon and just mows them down like yeah. hot like a hot knife to butter yep and their strategy too you know that that initial breath opened like made an opening in the lannisters line they, they had this like they're like hold the line right they, they yeah. got this lineup of, of soldiers but it, it created a breach and that's where the dothraki horde went in they went through that opening and yeah. were able to to um to kill the lannister soldiers from within so it was it was a good strategic move too and so this is where the part of the fight is like it feels like braveheart it mm-hmm. feels like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's this huge epic battle. Epic. Yeah. Movie quality for sure. It felt like watching a movie. Yeah. Oh, definitely. 
<laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So, you know, I wanted to talk about how I alluded to this, to this earlier, but th- this scene really, to me, it really showed, it really illustrated why Game of Thrones is such a great show. You know, the scene, like, I mean, we all have our favorite characters and people we have prefer- preferences for, but from the, st- from the show's standpoint, from the storytelling standpoint, it was really objective. You know, it's like, here's what's happening. And the reason why I think Game of Thrones is such a great show is that you can take that approach where, like, there are hero and villain archetypes, but there's so much gray area. You know, the heroes are not all good, and the villains not, aren't all bad, you yeah. know? Like, the Lannisters, who really fit that sort of typical villain mode, there, there's a lot of... A heroism here you know like Jamie Lannister was super heroic in in the scene you know um, and Braun Braun was really heroic too you know like um, you, you couldn't help but root for like everyone involved and that really drove the stakes up because every possible death every death that did happen like you were on the edge of your seat yeah it's a weird situation like yeah you're I mean, here you have you have uh Daenerys and you have Jamie Lannister and it's like yeah. who do you root for? Yeah. And this is such a big battle that it's like you know you know one of them's gonna die. I mean someone's you, gonna go. Someone's gonna die, yeah. A lot of people did die, you know. A lot of people battle. did die, yeah, but like the key the key leaders here. Yeah. I I don't I I I've grown to like Jamie. I feel Me like too. I feel like since since uh, the right hand had been chopped off, he had taken a big slice of humble pie. Yeah. And as you mentioned, he's been very heroic, right? He's, oh, man. He's, really? he, he had the opportunity to leave that fight, yeah. to survive it, but he said, no, I'm not going to abandon my troops. Yeah, yeah. Fought incredible. with integrity. Absolutely, you know. And with Braun, Braun is this kind of, he's kind of like this Han Solo type character, right, where he just wants his money and he wants to leave. Yeah. Right. And there was a moment he could have just taken off. Yeah. Yeah. But where, right? he, where he falls off the horse and he sees his bag of gold that, that, that he had just received from Jamie. Yeah. Right? And he had, he had that, that Theon Greyjoy moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where he could have jumped ship yep. <laughs> and survived, but no, he stuck it out. Yeah. He stuck it out. Yeah. Also there's that moment where it paid uh, off. Are you, I think this is, I think I know where you're going the, with the, the, the giant crossbow. Yes. Yeah. So, so their, their X factor for battling the dragons is this big, uh, giant crossbow that it's called the scorpion that, Oh, the, I didn't know it had a name. Yeah. They call it the scorpion and that the Meister, the Meister for the Lannisters created this and it, yeah, like it's, it's like they're, their uh, counter to to Daenerys's dragons. Yeah. Oh, by the way, they show as the dragon is coming in, Jaime um, commands the archers to all aim at the dragon. Yeah. And and when he has them volley their arrows at mm-hmm. Drogon, it just flies off. Yeah. Of him, nothing right? happens. It's like Superman and bullets just yep. bounces right off. Bounces right off. So that it's really like, showed <laughs> like the strength and the the power of this dragon. Like how could you stop this thing? Right. So then, yeah, like um, Jamie has the idea of, of breaking out this secret weapon, right? And um, he asks Bronn to like man it. 
And Brown's like, no, <laughs> why don't you do it? And then Jamie has a good <laughs> counter that is like, I only got one hand, dude. Yeah, I, I need some help. <laughs> and it's really, it's like that moment, right? It's like, it's like the Star Wars moment where Han Solo can just take his money and leave. But Braun is like, he sticks it out. Yeah. He stays there, you know? And, you know, for, for, for uh, the side that really should be the villains of this battle, they're doing the most heroic stuff, you know? It's amazing. It is. And so, yeah, he fights his way to the scorpion, this big-ass crossbow. Yeah. And Daenerys, at this point, she's got... She's got enough clout and confidence. Yeah. Like nothing is going to touch Drogon, mm-hmm. right? And you can see it in her face that she's just got this confidence that they're winning. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so Braun takes his first shot at Drogon and and misses. Yeah. And I think at that point Daenerys realizes, oh, they have they do have some yeah, sort of like, countermeasure what, what, what here. Was that? Yeah. <laughs> and so she makes the, the scorpion, that big crossbow, a priority. Mm-hmm. And here's here's one of the things that I I, I didn't think about until now. <laughs> it's one of those situations where why didn't they fly in at ninety at, at a ninety degree angle <laughs> instead of going head on? Maybe it's because she didn't realize that this arrow could actually pierce Drogon, mm. or that it was just a show of force that I'm going to yeah. take you head on and you're still not going to be able to do anything yeah. to me. But the second shot that Drogon takes, they're both head to head in each yeah. other, right? Uh, yeah. Drogon is in the line of sight of uh, of Braun with yeah. the scorpion. Yeah. And as Daenerys is charging him, he takes a shot and boom, it hits. It hits, yeah. Although I think it wasn't it wasn't the hit he wanted. I think he wanted a headshot and it ended up getting the dragon's shoulder. In the shoulder. Yeah. But it was de- it was definitely uh, quite a blow. But and you know and and the build up too, it's like you know this arrow is going to hit. The way that they were, the way that they were building up to the scene, because the yeah. first one missed, yeah. right? Yeah. So he's able to walk this one in and hit him. As that arrow was flying, I was like, "Oh shit, they're gonna kill a dragon!" Yeah, I was, I was, I was prepared to be a little sad to see that happen. Yeah, and then what? Also, like, what happens to Daenerys? She's riding this dragon. And she's riding this know? dragon. There's no, yeah, there's no uh, airbags, no seatbelts, yeah. no parachute, you know. And here they pan to Tyrion. Uh, watching this happen, and you see just the drag as as Drogon gets hit, it's like um, it's like ripping the wings off of a fly. It starts flying oh, yeah. and flailing down to the yeah. ground. That was huge. So like again, like uh, approaching the scene, looking at the scene without like a huge um, like I wasn't partial to one side or or the other like in a big way. It, I felt like you know when you're watching like a great sports match. And you're kind of like, you know, I'm not, I don't really care who wins, but I just want to see a good game. Like th- that, that moment when the dragon gets hit, that's like, oh, fuck, yeah. You know, because all of a sudden. That was the interception. Yeah, that, that was. That was the Hail Mary interception, right? Boom. Like w- with the dragon, like you're thinking, okay, the, the, you know, Daenerys has got this. There's no fucking way that the Lannisters could, Lannisters could win this battle. But then when that huge arrow hit, that was that moment where it's like, okay, we got a ball game here. Yeah, the you know? tides have turned. Yeah. And so, miraculously, Drogon hits the ground and survives. Daenerys mm-hmm. maintains her position on top of Drogon to be able to get off of him and try to remove the spear from Drogon's shoulder. Yeah. And this is where <laughs> this is where Jamie sees the opportunity to kill the mother of dragons. Yeah. 
okay, let's talk about this moment. So huge. You know, we talked about Jamie being heroic in this scene. He, he had already shown great heroism where Braun was telling him, get out of here, dude. Like, you don't need to be here. Yeah. But Jamie stuck around. He's like, I'm not leaving my troops. You know, I'm, st- I'm sticking around. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a warrior, you know. Yep. Um, and then here's the other moment. So, like, he sees an opportunity. You know, there's there's a living dragon right in front of him, but an opportunity to take out the queen. You know, he is the Kingslayer. You know, he has killed the Targaryen king in the past. Maybe he's thinking, I can be the Queen Slayer yeah, too. You know, add a queen to that. Might as well. <laughs> yeah, and um, and so oh, as man. this as this confrontation is happening, as you see as you see the 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 wheels turning in Jamie's head, they then go to Tyrion, who's seeing this from afar. Yep. And Tyrion is saying, "Don't do it. Turn yep. around." He's saying it to himself, yep. hoping that Jamie will telepathically hear him yeah. and just run away. Yeah. But that does not happen. Nope. Nope. Jamie picks up a spear, charges right towards Daenerys. He's all in. <laughs> and then uh, all the while, Drogon is on the ground, like, using his tail as a whip to hurt other soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, still using, I think he's still using some fire breath to continue to kill more soldiers. But mm-hmm. there's this open spot where, where uh, Daenerys is trying to remove the spear from Drogon. Yeah. and. And as Jamie gets closer and closer, you see Drogon focus his attention on Jamie, opens its mouth, and you're like, oh shit, here it comes. He's fucked. Jamie's done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. But that does not happen. No. Uh, he is pushed off of his horse yeah. uh, as the horses burn on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only assume that was Braun that pushed him out of the way. Yeah, it does look like it was Braun. So at the last second, he pushes them out of the way. They fall into uh, the lake that's nearby, and you just see Jamie falling to the depth of this river. Yeah, sinking and down. Fade to black. Roll credits. Roll credits. Yeah, what a cliffhanger, right? <laughs> and then and gasps. Yeah. About the world <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. It was so good. I mean, we talk about drama at the highest level so much going on here you know they built it and unraveled it so well yeah from just the thud of the of the horizon growing louder and louder this huge battle to this dragon flying up out of nowhere to the dragon being taken down Mm -hmm. and to daenerys potentially dying and jamie sinking to the bottom of a river yeah and like you know there's this epic battle happening all these crazy effects and stuff great visuals um but there's just that 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 family drama too when Tyrion is just seeing his brother about to die you know and like that alone was like oh my god this is huge and then not only his life is in danger Daenerys's life is in danger and then Tyrion obviously has is conflicted right you know he's the hand of the queen but he's also a Lannister so just from his point of view it's it's like really high drama and man, there's just so much nuance and and just incredible drama happening. So in now that we're scene. Uh, we're we're hanging by a thread here, looking forward to the coming next week episode. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what do you think? How are they going to follow this up? Oh man. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, so with the with the with the teaser of what's happening next week, uh, Drogon's not dead, 
Khaleesi's not dead. Khaleesi. <laughs> Daenerys is not dead. Yeah. Uh, Jamie is nowhere to be seen, mm. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to ask you, who do you think won that fight? Oh, I mean, I think there's no question the battle was was won by Daenerys and the Dothraki. Mm-hmm. They won the battle. Now, long term, I don't know if it was that big a victory because what happened was the Lannisters proved that they could kill a dragon. And I think that mental knowledge is tremendous you know i'm thinking the lannisters who are uh, able to escape and survive that battle they're gonna go back to king's landing and um and tell cersei's like hey guess what start mass producing these fuckers because we can kill dragons with these things you know that was just one giant crossbow you know they could they have the resource to to build out a whole bunch of these and really even the playing field there. So yeah, I, th- I think no question the battle was won by Daenerys, but um, it wasn't a ho- it was it was a bit of a hollow victory in that I think the Lannisters got some really key knowledge out of it. Yeah, this was a big reality check for Daenerys, right? Yeah. They dragons can be hurt, dragons can be killed. Mhm. They're not impossible to put down. Yeah. And so I think that's something that Daenerys is going to have to reconsider is that she can't solely rely on just her dragons. There's got to be uh, a bigger level of strategy rather than just relying on the big guns. But yeah. I also want to ask this question. Why didn't she bring all three dragons? That is a good question. Well, they want to start small and then work <laughs> your way up? or Well, I there mean, is the question of to, to use a dragon in combat, do you always need a human rider of a dragon? If that's the case, that would explain it because... As we seen, as we've seen, Daenerys is the only one who can can ride these dragons, right? And if there's only one of her, obviously they can only use one in combat. Uh, yeah. That's my take on that. My take on it is that uh, Drogon is the clear leader between the three dragons, and so if Daenerys is riding Drogon and is able to command her as she sees fit, I would assume that the two other dragons would follow suit because she's riding the more senior dragon, right? Right. That makes sense. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. A- another pretty important takeaway is that, like we were saying earlier, Daenerys completely ignored her advisors. She ignored what Tyrion was suggesting. She ignored what Jon Snow was suggesting. She wanted to go in there and, and kick some ass. And I think, you know, she kind of needed a win. Like, she was losing this battle. She was losing the war, you know, and she needed a win. And she got it. Um, but, you know, at what cost? I mentioned the, the reveal that, you know, this, these, these big old crossbows can kill dragons. But also kind of what Tyrion's been saying. Like, like is this, if you're going to rule, if you're going to win the war and rule, is this the kind of world you want to live in? A place where you've like just, you just kill all your opponents and just flame uh, everyone flame you know? on <laughs> yeah. flame on yeah you know and I she she just completely opposed that yeah and she's kind of setting it up so like oh if she does take the Iron Throne she's creating a world where she, it's all about destruction you know 
I feel like the biggest lesson to be learned here is that people have to learn how to run diagonally. <laughs> Dragons have to learn to fly in curves. We've yeah. seen it with, uh, is it Rickon? That yeah. got uh, that got arrowed by uh, Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, uh, because he dude. ran straight. Zigzag. Come on. And then Drogon flies straight into the <laughs> fucking scorpion. Yeah. Okay. Well, a note on 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 the scorpion. So it did seem like that giant crossbow was pretty maneuverable. Like I, I noticed, Braun can kind of adjust it the height. He could rotate it. So I think if Drogon took a different angle in he could still adjust it so he could he could he could hit it i don't know man <laughs> i don't know hard to say hard to say it's Th- not like it's not like those arrows are heat seeking <laughs> no yeah and you know one thing i noticed braun was really skilled at using that it seemed like he had practiced on it before yeah. right oh man braun is probably one of the skilled fighters there on that battlefield yeah but that's a very that weapon is very specific He's, it seemed like he had used it before right yeah yeah. Yeah. So, oh, man, that was wild, crazy <laughs> stuff, dude. I still, I'm still kind of reeling. Now, does this episode change your opinion on who you think is going to be taking over the Iron Throne? You think it's, you think, uh, you think Daenerys is still a surefire shot? <laughs> that is a good question. You know, I think Daenerys is still the front runner, and you know, this episode maybe sort of supports that because. It, ha- it has presented like uh, this great counter to the dragons, you know, the scorpion weapon of mass destruction, you know. Um, and to me, in, as a storytelling device, it's sort of like it's this big hurdle. You know, I could see like before Daenerys seemed like was invincible. She had the Unsullied, the Dothraki, these dragons and Greyjoy ships, you know. But now, like, she's in a rough spot, you know. She Not only ha- has she been defeated in numerous battles, there's a weakness has been revealed with the dragons, you know. Um, I think it's just more reason for her to take it all because now there's a challenge, you know. She has, she has a big challenge to overcome. So I, I think she's still the front runner. I agree with all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my question too is who do you think is going to be the next a lot of a lot of this a lot of game of thrones storylines has been defined by big key characters dying yeah my next question is who do you think is who do you think they're going to kill off next That's another great question you know as great as this episode was there was not a major character death no you know there was not oh man hard to say you know, I, 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 I thought Jamie was fucked. I, I, I really thought, thought he was he, done. I thought he was dead for sure because they set it up, right? So his acts of heroism, you know, him not leaving the battlefield. It was already like, oh, hmm, is that such a good idea? Like he's accepted his fate. Yeah, and, he and he's gonna like, happen. he's going to go out like a hero, you know, and that second act of heroism when he takes that charge at Daenerys. And then what really sold it for me was when Tyrion saw him and he's like, you idiot, you fucking idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's done. He's, he's dead. He's, he's fucked, you know? And then they, they pulled that twist at the end. I was, I, man, I, I couldn't believe any of it. I was, I was stunned. You think with Jamie there was any opportunity for them to go air star on that guy and like take out a leg or his other <laughs> arm or... Or something, <laughs> piece by piece. Uh, hey, another another staple of Game of Thrones. Not only do they have major character deaths, they have a lot of dismemberments too, right? <laughs> so, yeah. 
I have this weird feeling that the big character that's going to die that everyone loves and they're going to hate seeing this happen to, I think it's going to be Sam. Oh. That's going to come out of left field and he's going to be the next Hodor. That's an interesting theory. Because he's kind of played his part, man. He's figured out a way to cure uh, Grayscale. He's already gotten the message to Jon Snow about the dragon glass. Yes. That's huge. What else is he going to do? You know, that's an interesting perspective because I don't really share that. I I think I kind of have thought that he's going to survive. You know, um, going back to uh, the film 300, you know how there's a character who he's like the sole survivor of the 300. He's the one who tells the story. Um, I kind of see Sam Tarly as that guy. Like he, he's mm. the one to tell the story. They kind of hinted at that at the Citadel, right? Where um, he's, he's been given all this, these books to read and stuff. And um, the, 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 the title of the story is this really boring title. It's like the post Baratheon era, Westeros, you know, and it's like, oh, it's not very poetic, is it? And it's kind of a, a nod to the, the, the name of the first book, right? The Song mm-hmm. of Fire and Ice. In, in my mind, he's thinking like, oh, I got a better title for this story, you know? And I'm thinking, oh, he might be, he might be like the narrator. Like he mm-hmm. tells this great story. So in, in, by that rationale, he would be, he would survive. Not only would he survive, he'd be, he might be like the lone survivor kind of thing. I don't right? know, man. I think in the fashion <laughs> of J.R.R. Martin, how he loves to kill beloved characters, Maybe that twist is, yeah, maybe he is a narrator, but he'll just be the last one to die. <laughs> Could be. Maybe everyone dies. Maybe the White Walkers take over. I don't know, man. The White Walkers, <laughs> they've got a lot of pull here. So interesting because, like, we have no idea how this series is going to end. Is it going to end with someone on the Iron Throne? Or is it going to be, is the ultimate conflict the people of Westeros versus the White Walkers? I feel like the end of this storyline... I think it's going to be super polarizing. You're going to love it or hate it. I don't think everyone's going to be happy. I could see that. I could see that. And I could see everyone dying at the end. Yeah. To me, it does seem like it's heading towards Daenerys and Jon Snow uniting and defeating the Lannisters and then taking on the Night King and the White Walkers and that being the final conflict that I kind of feel like that's where we're headed who dies and who lives no idea but I don't know I wouldn't be surprised what you're saying just tons of people die like almost everyone maybe everyone just, just getting killed and the reason why I'm leaning on that side towards everyone dying is because then that'll put to rest the story and George R. R. Martin can get you know moving with the rest of his life and start new stories <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine how hallowed he's going to be by, oh, when are you going to continue this storyline? Yeah. Or, you know, and but I mean, everyone's hopeful for prequels, which it sounds like HBO is 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 uh, already in, you know, in the, in the uh, that's already in the works, I think. Yeah, I've heard some rumors. I could totally see that, you know, like I'm, I'm tired of of like dealing with these characters, you know, let's just kill them all. And and like you said, prequels, the door would still be open there. All right. So I think we're close to wrap up time here. But, you know, one thing I wanted to call out, a lot of people might be wondering, you know, why are we talking about Game of Thrones on a comic book podcast? You know? It makes no sense! (laughs) Game of Thrones was a novel. 
you know, Walking Dead was a comic book, but Game of Thrones did not start off a comic book. George R.R. R. Martin was a writer, a regular writer, not a comic book writer. Like, what's up with that, you know? Um, so, number one, you know, Game of Thrones is a real staple at San Diego Comic-Con, and really, like, Comic-Cons throughout the world. You know, Game of Thrones has a huge presence. That's it, number it one. It is in the realm of geek culture, which we talk about. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, we, we describe this show as, you know, a show where we talk comics and comics culture, and Game of Thrones is absolutely in comics culture. So that's number one. Number two, um, you know... George R.R. Martin himself is a total comic nerd, you know? Um, he's appeared on documentaries where he's really proved his his knowledge and fandom, you know? Oh, th- yeah. He's he's made some clear comments about his inspiration from comics. Uh, oh, yeah. What was that History Channel or Nat Geo documentary oh, he was I, featured in? Yeah, I believe it was called Superheroes Decoded. Really good documentary, like a two-part documentary, and he's heavily featured. Mm-hmm. And he even talks about how, when he was a young man, he wrote in to Marvel Comics, and he actually had his letter like printed. I think it was um, in the back of a of an issue of Fantastic Four, and it says it literally it says you know George Martin at the end. Yeah, so George Martin. look it up, dude. He, he's he's legit, man. He's a legit comic nerd. So yeah, no, no, this is. Absolutely an appropriate discussion. All right. So with that, uh, we're going to call this episode uh, to a close. Um, get your coats. Winners here. Yeah. I'm just going to say Valar Morgulis. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, farewell. We'll see you next time. See ya.